Last week, we looked at uh, the idea of getting to know our Father better. And we thought about the processes and we thought about the practices. And today, we're going to be looking at uh, just a few verses, uh, just a total of 10 verses. And they come from Ephesians chapter 2, which Liz has just read out to us this morning. And the heading is the old me and the new me. And I'd like you to imagine, just for a moment, if you can, uh, there's a TV programme, I think it's called How I Got News For You. Now, uh, if you think of that programme, some of you may be seeing it, I don't know. I haven't watched it, the next series. But if you can imagine that programme, there are two contestants on either side. But I've got some really bad news for you this morning. But I've also got some really good news for you. And I can remember, over the years, talking to my students uh, about salvation. And there always used to be this one lesson, but I used to start it off by saying, I'm a rebel. I'm also a failure. And the students used to look at me in a really puzzled way. I used to say, Mr Forsyth, you were never a rebel, were you? And I used to say, yeah, I was a rebel. And uh, I always used to say to my students that you just wait to, the, uh, to get to A-level and I'll share with you my religious experience. And that was some fun. But they could never really work out, Mr Forsyth a rebel? Surely not. But yes, it's true. I was a rebel in my youth, but I've also failed many exams when I was at school. So I was heartened to the fact of being able to, if you like, claim a small success because there were some exams that I just didn't get right when I was at school. But I'm sure I'm looking out on a congregation that are super duper successful and you have never failed an exam in your life. Oh, oh. But there's some good news for us. But unfortunately, I've got to look at the bad news first. We've got to look at the old me. Now, Paul, in his letter to Ephesians, just goes direct to the point. But in the light of the shootings in A this last week, what have been some of the questions people have been asking? Have they been, what's going wrong with the world? What's wrong with people in the world? And probably the, the third question that I haven't heard being asked or even answered, what's wrong with me? But as we look at the book of Ephesians, where Paul, just in these three verses, to be honest with you, gives an absolutely devastating picture of every man without God. And I want us this morning to look at the old me. And Paul makes it quite clear to the Ephesian church in verse 1. He says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. And another version actually goes on to say, We were dead in trespasses and in sins. And Paul actually chooses two words here. And some of you may be very familiar with these Greek terminologies. However, I just want to say, if I've said it before, I apologise, but it's just going to help you. Knowing the Greek will not save you. All right? So the Greek word for parapetoma, this means the crossing of a boundary or going over a gate that is closed. That word, trespass. Or even deviating from the right path. I'm sure many of you have not come to a decision. You've thought, is that the path that I should go? And you've maybe taken that lesser route. I don't know. But many of us do. But sin, in the Greek, means hamartia. And this means missing the mark or falling short of a standard. 
And these two words cover for us a negative or an active or a positive aspect of human wrongdoing. That is to say that our sins of commission and omission before God, we are both rebels and failures. But Paul goes on to mention in these two verses that there are influences, there are things that are controlling this world. And Liz read them beautifully this morning. He goes on to say, we, uh, he goes on to say that there are world systems of belief today and philosophy, often rejecting a creator God. There are uh, massive magazines, there's the media, and there's fashion. There are two words today that are being used today, very often by the humanists and others, but they are belief systems, and they take away for us that word faith that you and I share and know and believe. But Paul says to the Ephesians, you followed the ways of the world. Another version says, you walked in the course of this world, or a furrow. Some might say that we've just drifted along the stream of words and ideas of living. And that famous ancient philosopher who I highly respect, Winnie the Pooh. He often puzzled about life. He often floated down a river, just thinking to himself what life would be like to all his colleagues. But a second influencer is the devil. And Paul is saying he is the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Or as another might say, he is the prince of the air. And in the world out the way we live in today, we are faced with many world systems that are anti-God. The third influencer is of the flesh and the mind. And I'm thankful that God has created food and sleep. However, if my appetite leads me to gluttony and sleep leads me to sloth, then that's not a good thing. But Paul later goes on and he says, all of us among them for a time were children of wrath. And the early church, as we looked at in our first session together, were people who worshipped many gods to the statue Diana. And so it was, they became children of God. They came to faith in Christ. And I just wondered this morning, where are you and where am I? Am I a new me, which we're coming to look at in a moment, or are we an old me? Now, these Ephesian Christians became children of God. And my father, when I was baptised, gave me a verse. And it seemed to unlock for me that idea of being an old me turning toward becoming a new me. And it was from John chapter 1 and verse 12. And it reads, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And this morning, we ourselves, as an old me, are unable to help ourselves. On the inside, we were dead to God, and we were alienated and cut off. But what does God see, uh, see this morning? If we turn to 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7, it says, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. And some of you may well know the next verse, which is I'm going to quote, which is going to come up, 
from Psalm 139. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know them full well. I've been a failure. I've been a rebel. Where are you this morning? Let us now move to verses 4 to 10 for some good news. And as Liz read out, the top of the NIV says, alive in Christ. This new me. But the question I've got for us to think about is, why did God do it? And we can read in verse 4, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. God is rich in mercy. And here are some definitions which some of you may well have heard, but it serves as a reminder for ourselves this morning. Mercy is not punishing us as our sins deserve, and grace is God's blessing us despite the fact that we do not deserve it. Mercy is a deliverance from judgment, and grace is extending kindness to the unworthy. But God has always had a salvation rescue plan. We were in a helpless state, not being able to help ourselves, and it is a gift that is for us to receive through faith. A number of years ago, some of you may well remember, back in October 2010, when 33 Chilean miners were safely rescued from their collapsed mine following 69 days in total darkness had left the men stranded five kilometres below the ground. And maybe here there's some similarities between the idea of God rescuing and being saved. But the miners were helpless to help themselves, yet a plan was put in place to get them out alive. With God, he desired and his will to rescue all of us. And what amazing and beautiful that news is for all of us. The miners came up to the light and what that transformation was would have been unbelievable. God's plan has always been to resurrect us from death to life. The miners thank their rescuers and their colleagues. Yet we have an amazing story, which is even greater, which is our salvation, which is about Jesus Christ, his only son, his perfect son dying on a cross, capable of rescuing us, through his sacrificial death on a cross. And even the prisoner who was hung up there as a criminal on the cross turned to Jesus. And he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. What an amazing promise that is, that we can turn to God today. In chapter 2, Paul ends in verse 10. He says, we are his, God's workmanship, created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, not that we would boast. One translation says that Paul is driving home the point by saying that it is not by our achievement we cannot buy heaven. We cannot earn it. It is a gift of faith. 
What about the new me? What about you and me this morning? Well, the good news is that we are God's workmanship. If we come to faith in Christ, we are a lovely word. It's called poema. His work of art, his masterpiece. Isn't that a lovely thought that you and I are God's masterpiece? We started with the old me, looking back at us being a rebel, a failure, working our way through to the idea of being a masterpiece, knowing God's mercy and God's love. And in closing today, I want to just refer us back, if I can, just for a brief moment, to the story about the prodigal son, where right at the very end, you have the son coming home to the father. And the father turns to the elder brother. And almost with an exclamation, he says, He was lost, but now he is found. He was dead, and he is alive. So we're going to celebrate. And it's lovely to hear when we know that someone has crossed over from that being the old me to that new me. Like the father in the story, our heavenly father shows mercy He shows love, forgiveness, restoration to a new life. And the son was that old me. He became a new me. And the question for us all today is, am I still an old me, living as a rebel and a failure? Or am I to accept what Jesus offers us, the free gift of a new life in Christ? and become a masterpiece. But some of you might be saying, Ian, how can I apply that? I've got up for you here. I hope it will come up. The challenge is to live out the new life, sorry, the new me, in and to share our new me story in ways people will understand. And that's my prayer for all of us. Let's just close in prayer.